Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hello, America, and welcome to a very special edition of the John Solomon Reports podcast. For the next few months, we're going to be doing a a regular show called State of America. Everybody is talking about what's wrong with America, how we want to fix it, how we need to save America. We're going to bring on some of the brightest minds in the entire country to have that conversation on the front lines. We're very grateful because this is a sponsored opportunity for one of our great partners at the Justin News brand, the Citizens Commission on National Security. Roger Aronoff has made all of this possible. And we're going to do something even more special than normal. It's not just going to be me. We're going to bring in one of the greatest minds in all of America. He's a former member of Congress, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, former ambassador to the Netherlands, an all-around great American patriot, Congressman Pete Hoekstra. Good to have you here, sir, sir. Hey, great to be with you. Thank you. Um, This is an important conversation. We've just come out of two elections where people are uh, disillusioned. They're trying to figure out Some of us might actually say three. That's right, right, because it goes back to 2018, really. Right, yeah. That's right. A lot of issues, election integrity, national security. Uh, The Citizens Commission on National Security really leads on issues. You're a major member there. Um, What is the state of the American mind as we head into this conversation? Well, I think, you know, from our standpoint, there are just so many. We focus on national security. We got our start back, uh, you know, with Benghazi, Libya, ISIS and Syria and those types of things. And so the state of America's national security, I think, right now is uh, uncertain at best, challenged and threatened uh, at worst. It's uh, it's awful. You see this things going on at the border. Uh, You see what's happening to our defense. You see the threat or the competitive environment that we are in with China. China? Uh, You throw in a little bit of Ukraine. Uh, Taiwan. There is, uh, there's a lot of issues out there. We see it as our responsibility to help educate the American people on the challenges that are out there, the threats that are out there, but also then talking about the proposals to move forward. It's not just about critiquing. It's kind of like, okay, what, what do we need to do? 
Yeah, that's a key thing. I think there's been a lot of people that can diagnose the uh, symptoms, but haven't been able to put the solution on the table. And, you know, we came out of an era with the, with the Trump administration where the world was pretty well behaved. China was kind of in check. Russia wasn't doing any invasions or rockets in Ukraine. Uh, and then the Biden administration brought this moment of tumult, I think really starting with the Afghan withdrawal seemed to be a moment. But the solutions are really the key to moving forward. Uh, what sort of things in this conversation over the next several months do we hope to achieve? Well, I think, you know, how do, how do we deal with challenge uh, or the challenge of China? Yeah. All right. And these are issues that I dealt with not only in Congress, right. uh, uh, but also when I was the ambassador in the Netherlands. You saw that, you know, we confronted China. There's a, the Dutch, uh, they're, they're very bright people. They've got this chip machine maker. Right. Okay. ASML. They make the best chips in the world, the most complicated, the most sophisticated. You know, we worked with them to make sure they didn't ship this equipment to China. A direct national security threat. Uh, we dealt with issues like uh, dependency on Russia, yeah. you know, and uh, Russian gas. And I still remember the story where people say, stupid American ambassador, he, <laughs> he thinks we shouldn't build this Nord Stream pipeline. He thinks that the Russians might actually turn off the gas. We know better. Putin needs the money. He'll never turn right. it off. <laughs> stupid American ambassador, stupid president. They want us to actually pay for NATO, the yeah. 2% that we committed to. That's right. Imagine uh, that. Make good on our promise. That's right. And they say, hey, you think the Russians are going to cross the border in their tanks? You know? And you say, well, I don't know, but you know, probably pays to be ready. Yeah. And um, you know, so that, you know, that's the national security, our, our, how we deal with our allies. Uh, and I think, you know, proposal that is out, you know, what we found under COVID. Yeah. There's so many materials that China dominates the supply chain yep. and they the affect game. foreign policy. The Dutch on certain occasion, you know, you'd say, why are you doing this? You know, we need to get, uh, we need to get some stuff from China. Right. This is the cost that, this is the yeah. price cost that we pay. business, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, these are a whole range. And then how do we confront, you know, what's really happening on the border? From my standpoint, it's an economic issue. It's a political issue. Uh, but uh, as importantly, from my time on the Intelligence Committee, this is a national security issue. Yeah. Uh, the people that are now coming across the border, the drugs that are coming across the border, uh, they are a real threat. Uh, they're a real threat to America, and we're not recognizing it. It's remarkable. I'll tell you a fun exercise. I'd like to go on the street back to the Netherlands right now and ask about that ambassador and that president, because I think all the things that you preluded and had the strategy to, they now realize they made mistakes on it. Yeah, they're, they're, gonna, they're, running, they're running scared that they may not have enough energy this winter to heat their homes. Isn't that amazing? You know, that they're going to have to see, yeah. you know, they're going to have to start playing the tapes of uh, President uh, Jimmy Carter yeah. saying, you know, Turn down the thermostats and get a sweater, <laughs> That's and get right. a blanket, and you'll just be fine. <laughs> and hey, hug your solar panel on the top yeah. of your house. It might warm you up. Um, this is going to be an amazing adventure. I'm really excited about it. Um, we are, got, too. We're excited to have the partnership with you. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's a great honor. Uh, we've got a great lineup for the first show. We're going to have one of your successors as House Intelligence Committee Chairman. I'm going to be a little intimidated. Yeah. Two Intelligence Committee Chairmen on the same show. Uh, Devin Nunes will be joining us in a little bit. I thought we would start off this show with a conversation 
conversation about accountability because in order to fix things, first you have to get the facts for accountability. You know that because you right. chaired one of the great subcommittees in oversight in Congress. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to have a little discussion with uh, Congressman James Comer, the Republican that's going to oversee uh, the oversight committee in the new Congress. And then we'll come back and have a conversation about what he said, what you think about what he said, and where we go in the accountability realm. Sounds great. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, that conversation with Congressman James Comer, and then some great follow-up right after that. But first, a word from our sponsors. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor Advise Fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A few days ago, I had an extraordinary chance to sit down for a long interview with Congressman James Comer, the man who's likely to be the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, the most powerful investigative committee in Congress. And he had a lot to say about accountability. Mr. Ambassador, I thought it'd be appropriate to play a little bit of that interview because we were just talking about accountability. And of course, in your career in Congress, you are always about accountability. Absolutely. So we're going to give everybody a quick watch and then we're going to come back and break it down for you. Listen up. You're doing a lot of work. Anyone who thinks that uh, there was nothing going on during the election didn't keep an eye on you. You're digging up stuff day and right. And I want to just start with something that I'm beginning to start to see a portrait. We know about Hunter Biden. You're going to bra- open our eyes to a lot more. You see this FTX uh, scandal involving uh, a, a cryptocurrency thing that was donating a lot of money, then goes belly up. It seems like there's a growing culture of corruption that is encircling not just parts of the Democratic Party, but the whole Democratic Party. Are you starting to see a trend line in the work you're doing? 
Absolutely. And I think the American people are going to see it in January when Republicans control the House of Representatives. You know, a big part of uh, what we promised the American people we were going to do is provide oversight and accountability to this administration. And what I don't think most Americans realize is how corrupt we have, uh, how much corruption we have in this administration. Uh, people know that Hunter Biden's a shady business character, but they don't realize the direct benefits Joe Biden was receiving and the potential of compromise that this White House has because of Joe Biden or because of Hunter Biden and, and uh, Joe Biden's brothers. They also don't realize who, where their donations come from. Uh, that, like you mentioned with the cryptocurrency scandal. I mean, so much of their money uh, comes from corrupt sources, and yet the media uh, won't write about it. They just uh, continue their obsession with Donald Trump. And then when you have evidence of corruption like we have on, on Hunter Biden, then you have a Department of Justice that's uh, completely turning a blind eye and, and going further than that and, and shielding. Uh, the Democrat family members of corruption. So this is going to change in a Republican majority, and I'm excited about uh, the potential we have in January to just shine a light on this corruption and try to get America back on track. Yeah, such an important uh, uh, mission ahead. Um, no doubt in your mind, you're going to be dropping subpoenas on Hunter Biden and James Biden if they don't cooperate. You can do that on your own as the chairman, right? You'll have the authority as chairman without a committee vote. Is that correct? That's correct. And the funny thing is the Democrats are saying, oh, the Republicans, are, they underperformed and they need to go look in the mirror and all that. Here's what I know. We're going to get past 218 and 218, 250, 260. It's all the same. It's the majority. And when you're the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, you have complete subpoena power. I don't have to get permission from anyone to issue a subpoena. I take that responsibility ability greatly. I'm not going to abuse that because I think it's been abused in the past, but we are going to get some accountability for the taxpayers and the American people in this administration. We're going to do it on day one in January. Yeah, we keep seeing all of these reports. I think there was a new IG report out over the weekend about the amount of COVID money, $400 billion, just poof, gone. Uh, that used to make people's eyes roll to the back of their head. It seems like no one cares anymore. You're going to highlight a lot of the waste and fraud, aren't you? Absolutely. And that's the role of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, I was, they criticized me on CNN yesterday. They played a clip for me on, on Jesse Waters' show on Fox saying that I was going to do these investigations. And they're like, whoa, are the Republicans making a mistake doing these investigations? I'm like, are you kidding me? I promise you the American people want their government to be accountable. I don't think the American people want their tax dollars to be wasted. And I don't think they want to have politicians uh, who are benefiting from influence peddling. So yes, we're going to do these investigations and I think the American people will be very grateful for what we're going to hopefully provide in the coming months. Yeah, they just want facts. They'll make up their own mind, but they've been deprived right. of these facts with the Democrats. Uh, I did a couple of speeches. I was traveling around the country through the week in Texas, all the way up through Michigan and back. And people kept saying, we need accountability. What can Republicans do to get that accountability? All right, well, get the facts out. That's the first thing. Shaming's a form of accountability. What sort of financial or other accountability will your committee and the, your colleagues in the House be able to exact on people that you end up finding out were doing bad things? Well, John, as you know, in the name of COVID, Congress has lost its mind. Over the past <laughs> three years, the trillions of dollars that have been wasted uh, is mind-boggling. And whether you're talking about uh, money in the CARES Act for, uh, for grants through the NIH 
or whether you're talking about PPP loans or unemployment extensions. I mean, there are billions and billions and billions of dollars that we know for sure has been wasted. And we just want to uh, highlight this. We want to publish a report and we want to hold people accountable. I mean, there are foreign countries that tapped into the unemployment insurance system. Uh, that happened primarily through the states, but the federal government didn't do anything about it. The Democrats didn't try to hold any committee hearings on that. They just turned a blind eye. They just kept printing more money, yeah. borrowing more money from China. Uh, we need to hold people accountable for this wrongdoing and try to fix it to where it never happens again. I mean, government's never going to be the model of efficiency, but we can do better than what we've done over the past three years. I mean, the, the COVID money alone will go down in history as, as the biggest waste of the American taxpayer dollars ever. And we've got to get some accountability there. Uh, you talk about Ukraine. You know, there, there are a lot of people in Congress, myself included, that, that support Ukraine. But we don't know where this money's going exactly. Uh, these are the kind of questions. Where we, what, how much equipment was left behind in Afghanistan? These are the questions the American people want answers to. And these are the, the types of hearings and investigations that Republicans are going to do in January. Yeah, it's so exciting because most people, uh, they, they're used to saying, oh, there's a judicial committee just focused on the FBI. The oversight committee can go anywhere the tax dollars are spent. Uh, as you've been going through and kind of picking your targets and learning and hearing from whistleblowers, is there one particular storyline that surprised you? You go, oh, my gosh, we got to dig into that. It wasn't on my radar, but now it's on my radar. Something that you think will surprise the American voters next year? Well, I think, you know, when we've been doing the leading investigative work on COVID, Yep. Uh, without subpoena power. We've had no help from this administration. We uncovered the emails that showed uh, Dr. Fauci's earliest advisor said that this is obviously a lab leak and this has to be man-made. We also showed where Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins at the NIH were talking about trying to spin the lab leak theory. They were really concerned about the optics of that, uh, of all things. What we learned is how much slush money the NIH had to award in the form of grants to these advisors. So you have someone like Dr. Fauci that had complete control over uh, the, the entire pandemic and his advisors and all these medical experts were signing on to everything, essentially giving him a blank check to say whatever he wanted to say, to shut down the whatever industry he wanted to shut down, to make our kids have to go virtual instead of in-person. And the whole time they were receiving grants from Dr. Collins and, and Dr. Fauci. I don't think members of Congress knew about this. I know the American people didn't know that about this. We also didn't know that Dr. Fauci and others at the CDC were receiving royalties yeah. from these vaccines that they were pushing. So this is something that's really blown my mind is how much money the CDC and NIH had. And remember, their budgets quadrupled during the pandemic. Uh, but how much money they had and that they've wasted and, and who knows for how many years. Were our public health leaders using that money to, as hush money to get people to tamp down stories they didn't want out even if they were true or wow. to tell stories that aren't true? Is that one of the things we're going to learn? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think yeah. that. I mean, it, it, now the medical community is coming back around saying, well, yeah, you know, it probably did come from the Wuhan lab. Well, where were you over the past two and a half years? You know, when yeah. when we could have sent uh, federal authorities into the Wuhan lab to to investigate it early on. We, we gave China plenty of time to cover their tracks. And, and that's what's happened. You know, China needs to be held accountable for COVID-19. I mean, there's not very many people in America that will, will argue that that didn't start in the Wuhan lab now. Yeah. But yet 
over the entire Trump administration when he suggested that everyone in the medical community backed up Dr. Fauci. And what we now know is they were receiving a lot of grant dollars uh, from Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. And, you know, this whole business model for how we treat a future pandemic and how we treat viruses and diseases in America, it's going to have to change. It's not just changing with the new leader at the top, whoever the next Dr. Fauci is. We need to put uh, protections in place. We need to have checks and balances to make yeah. sure that one person can't do as much damage in the future as Dr. Fauci has done. Mr. Ambassador, quite a conversation. This is a man that's on a mission to get accountability for the taxpayer and to get to the bottom of a lot of issues that we've been mystified by, COVID-19, FBI interference. Uh, your impressions of where James Comer is. You sat in that ga gavel with the gavel on that chair. You know what it's like. Uh, I did. 1994, we take the majority. The first time Republicans are in control in right. 40 years. Uh, and the same thing. Newt Gingrich said, hey, we're going to hold, uh, you know, the Clinton administration at that time, we're going to hold them accountable. Yeah. We had a very clear mission. Ours was financial accountability. You know, one of our promises and commitments was we were going to balance the budget and That's get right. waste and fraud out of the government. Uh, and, you know, two, three years later, to the surprise, maybe even to us, <laughs> but also to the American people, we actually you balanced did. the budget because there was a singular focus on exposing government waste. Yep. Uh, what Representative Comer is talking about is, is slightly different. Yeah. Talking about we're going to expose government corruption. We're going to hold, you know, the folks that uh, are corrupting this government. You know, what happened with COVID? How... How come it took 18 months to two years to move from, oh, it occurred naturally right. to now the accepted narrative. We wrote a book on this. That's right. The accepted narrative now is, you know, it, it probably came out of the lab. But the intelligence community and everybody said, no, no, no. It came out of the, the market and developed naturally. Right. Uh, the same thing about potentially what's happened with Fauci. How, how did this all stay quiet? You know, you got the whole medical establishment. How were they all yeah. bought off? Uh, I think he's on this narrative there. And, you know, so <laughs> that's something, um, you know. But the other thing is Comer's going to be part of a team. It's not just his committee. Right. Uh, you know, you're going to I'm thinking of you know, my background intelligence. Right. OK. What about these domestic violent extremists that I believe our intelligence community, which is legislatively restricted to looking at foreign threats. Right. They can't operate domestically. And there's clear indications that they are. They're using, you know, our intelligence community to go and to surveil Americans here in the United States of America. They can't do that. That that is real corruption. Then you've got, you know, a whole range of other things, what's going on at Justice, what's going on at the FBI. Um, so they're, they're going to have their hands full. Uh, but uh, yeah, you got to I, I wish them well, because just like financial accountability was important in 94. Yep. Government corruption is a driving issue today. And I think that is something that will connect with the American people.
you know, uh, Comer talks about something really fascinating, which is that we think of grants for research, but really he says what he found is that Fauci was using them as hush money or as conformity money. Hey, guys, if you want your next grant, stick to the storyline of what I'm on and then we'll all be great. Uh, that'll be a really remarkable system because NIH has billions of dollars of grants it gives away. All these research institutes are scattered across the country. One person could actually have an entire army of misinformation if they chose, and it sounds like that's where he's headed. Yeah, and it's, it's a very believable scenario. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these organizations, it's what happens when government gets too big. Yep. All right? Rather than saying, oh, you know, government's 5 or 10% of my business, it's like uh, Fauci and NIH and CDC, uh, that's 90% of my business. They're my biggest customer. Uh, and that, that's when, you know, it opens up the door to this kind of misbehavior. Yeah, it's pretty extraordinary what he's talking about. Um, how important are whistleblowers? You ran some of the most important investigations in Congress. When someone comes from the inside and said, here's what's really going on, that can really change the course of a congressional investigation, can it? <laughs> You're the best guy to know about <laughs> the importance of whistleblowers. They, few, they come few. to you and they, yeah. you know, we've had it. No, no they're, they're invaluable, yeah. okay, because uh, what uh, the representative is going to find out is that going to these agencies, uh, you know, it's, it's going to have trouble getting information, yeah. getting compliance. Devin Nunes found that even when he was chairman under a Republican administration, some that's of the right. bureaucracies didn't respond to his requests yeah. for information. You say, how, do, how does that happen? Yeah. But that's what they're going to find out. Whistleblowers short circuit that system. OK, that's they, so important. They, they cut the time and they tell you where to focus and where to look. Uh, they're absolutely essential. Uh, and they are American heroes for doing what they do. Yeah, Chuck Grassi once said to me, whistleblowers are my GPS system. When they talk, I know where I need to go. And and when I they talk, I, I listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I drive right to the point. Um, one last question that comes up in this. Um, when uh, we all got into this town in the 80s and 90s, millions was a lot of money and billions was like extraordinary. Now trillions are the new billions. Uh, Seventy percent of the national debt has been accumulated in the last 12 years. Thirty one trillion dollars. Sometimes Americans eyes just glaze over when they hear billions. Uh, one of the things Comer talked about, four hundred billion dollars was fraudulently, probably fraudulently lost just in the covid relief programs. I mean, four hundred billion dollars used to be the size of the federal budget. Um, how do we get Americans to care again that these dollars and sounds are important and it really hits them in their their own wallet, their own dinner table? Yeah, and the, uh, the real question happens is, you know, when do we reach the peak? We thought we were going to reach the peak, you know, in the 90s, yeah. 2000. If we don't get this budget under control and, you know, it is skyrocketed, someday there's going to be a day of reckoning, either for us, our kids, or our grandkids. We can't continue to function uh, with these kinds of things. And so this is what uh, this Congress uh, has to focus on. In addition to the corruption, I think they've got to start coming back at, you know, is, this is not sustainable. And a lot of the things that we're doing are not the role of the federal government. Yeah, that's the conversation we have to have, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There. Right. Uh, split government. You got you, For much of your time in Congress, you had the scenario, Republican pre, uh, Congress, Democrat president. Democrat president doesn't want his people to comply, so they don't. They don't prosecute him like a Steve Bannon. But there's a new thing that the Republicans are talking about, the Holman rule. If someone doesn't comply, we're going to defund your job. See how much you like that? They need a tool like that to force some compliance, don't they? Uh, they really do. Um, it's, it's hard to get the agencies to comply, uh, but the House is the place where all spending begins. Yeah. 
So defunding, you know, don't shut down government, just defund these certain the individuals or these, yeah. uh, these bad actors. Uh, yeah, you and I probably have a few good suggestions where they can start. Absolutely. And I think we're going to learn a lot more over the next few months. Yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break, sir. When we come back, one of your successors at the House Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, is going to join us. Uh, he knows a little bit about recalcitrance. He fought a lot of it when he was trying to unravel the Russian collusion story. We're going to have him next right after the commercial break. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Welcome back, everybody, from the commercial break. What an incredible opportunity for the first time in my life. I'm on the same show with two House Intelligence Committee chairmen. That's pretty exciting. Chairman Hoekstra, Ambassador Hoekstra, great to have you back. I think it's only fair to, to warn you, John, that, you know, Devin Nunes and I, we know people. Uh-oh. I have All to right? be on my best behavior. You, got, you better be on your best behavior. <laughs> but no, it's great to be with you. Thank you. This is very exciting. <laughs> Congressman Nunes, I know you're out there. How are you doing? Great to be with you, John, and great always to be with Ambassador Hoekstra. Yeah, very exciting time. Listen, we're having a conversation about the state of America. We just came out of some pretty tumultuous elections. Americans have a lot on their mind. Uh, let me start, Congressman Nunes, with you just a little bit. Um, how do you read the elections in terms of where Americans want this country to go? Well, I think there's kind of a tale of two Americas, where you have the blue states getting bluer, 
especially where they have absentee ballots that are mailed out to everyone. It's something I think the Republican Party was not ready for. It's something that I'm used to out in California. And then you have the red states that are getting redder in some places, just deep red. So that's a, that's kind of in a, in a nutshell. I think there's a lot of data that has to be crunched. Uh, whether or not there's any, any shenanigans that went on with the votes, that's something that'll, that'll take, I think, a few weeks to, to understand. But clearly, I think the Republicans are, are very concerned when you looked at the national polls, the overall vote totals were good for Republicans, but where it counted in the races that we, we needed to win, uh, we didn't win. I mean, we won just enough for control of the House, but, uh, but not nearly what I think Pete and I would expect we would have won. Yeah, that's a good point. Mr. Ambassador, it's an amazing moment when 70% of the country says we're headed in the wrong direction, but in some cases they vote for the very party that took us in that direction. Where's the disconnect? How do we break this cycle? You know, in Michigan, we had a very bad day. Lost the governor's race, lost the state house, lost the state senate. Uh, and the day of the election, I was, I was, I drove up to the gas pump, yep. right? And a guy had driven up alongside of me on the other side of the pump in a right. pickup truck, puts the nozzle in. He goes into the gas station, buys something, comes back out. It's still pumping. Oh. And I'm saying to him, I said, Whoa, you got a big tank. And he says, yeah, it's 26 uh, gallons. I'm buying diesel. It's five bucks a gallon. And so every time I come in to fill up, it's $130. And when you're talking rural Michigan, you are talking pickup trucks. And you're thinking about that. You're talking about inflation. You're talking about gas. You're talking about crime. You're talking about what our governor did with COVID. And we lost everything. And you say, how does this happen? Uh, so as Devin said, we're going to need to do a lot of analysis and, you know, peeling back the layers. Was it because we had an abortion amendment uh, proposal on the ballot? I don't know, but we got to go back. But obviously we, we didn't drive our message and we didn't drive a vision of where, if you put Republicans in control, this is where we're headed. Yeah, that's important, right? The kitchen yeah. table always comes down to where we sitting. That's what we thought it was the yeah. kitchen table, but uh, yeah. we missed it in Michigan. And as Devin said, we missed it in a number of other places. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to see that disconnect. Um, both of you know more secrets in a day than I'll ever learn in my entire career. Uh, but there's a general sense, not only in the world, but in America, that America's standing on the world stage has really been diminished in the last couple of years. Mr. Ambassador, let me start with you, and then we'll go to Congressman Nunes. Um, how bad is the situation? Have we lost our soft and hard power capabilities a little bit? Uh, I think in a tremendous way. You watch uh, this president. He, he's not conveying uh, an image of strength. You watch what we're doing to our military. We are gutting our military. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, when I was in the Netherlands, the Europeans didn't like Trump, but they respected him. Right. Uh, when he said, you know, I want you to pay 2% for NATO, well, you know, the Dutch media would laugh at me and they'd say, hey, Pete, why do we need to spend on NATO? And you say, and they'd say, you think the Russian tanks are going to come across the border? I said, ah, yeah. Maybe you need to think about that. And they yeah. said, stupid Trump ambassador, Russian tanks coming across the border. And <laughs> then, you, Ukraine, right? yeah, yeah. then you, you tell them, you know, you really uh, shouldn't build the Nord Stream pipeline. Why would you become, want to become dependent on Russian gas? Yeah. And they'd say, stupid Trump ambassador. You, you think Putin's going to turn off the valve? He needs our, he needs our money. We can trust Putin. Yeah. Um, and you go that way. And then, you know, 
Biden comes in and he says, go ahead and build the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, funding Ukraine, we'll do that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, we, we, our standing is lost. The president doesn't speak with clarity on where we're going. Yeah, it's sometimes hard. Even in this most recent visit with China, there were so many stumbles. It was hard to know what his message was. It's hard to figure out where he is. Yeah. Because he doesn't know. He doesn't know himself sometimes. <laughs> it's scary. Uh, Congressman Nunes, you have been worried. I, and I think the day after the Afghan withdrawal, when we saw just how bad it was, you predicted that we would be on this path of global uh, demise in terms of leadership. How bad has it gotten since Afghanistan? Well, that was probably the tipping point. But what Ambassador Hoekstra is talking about, he's exactly right. I was actually there, Pete, you probably remember, when we were there meeting with the folks in the Netherlands. Uh, they were completely clueless as to what was happening, why oil and gas were important, why putting 2% in for the NATO countries was important. Right. And now all of a sudden it's completely switched where if you truly get, I, I was over in Europe a couple times uh, this summer, and now they are desperate, begging for money for Ukraine. And it seems like, and Pete and I aren't there, so it's probably a lot easier for us from the outside, but it seems like we're just now throwing money at Ukraine just, just aimlessly. The Europeans are scared to death. They're, they're begging. Matter of fact, the big concern that, that they had, I talked to a few of my old pals that Pete knows uh, right before the election, and they were calling me, basically asking me, well, if, if the Republicans win, I, I, I hope they're going to continue to give money to Ukraine. And it's like, where the hell have you guys been? You didn't want to yeah. put in your 2%. Now you've got this mess where you know, and they will admit to you that they know that Biden doesn't know what the hell's going on. And they have experience in, in, during the Obama-Biden administration. A lot of the same people are at the top. They know they're weak. They know they looked weak in Afghanistan. They haven't followed through. And I think a lot of them are, you know, secretly probably they'll probably never admit it to Pete and I, but they really do want uh, Trump back. They, they know that Biden just isn't there. <laughs> that is one thing they won't admit there. One of the Dutch <laughs> newspapers did run an article that said, you know, Congressman Hookster was right on some of these issues. Wow. Uh, we should have listened. Uh, but why? Right. The Dutch are facing 14, 14 and a half percent inflation. And they're concerned they may not have enough energy to heat their homes uh, as, you know, like they would this winter. Germany's facing the same thing. They're shutting down industry because they don't have the fuel to run them. Unbelievable. And the freest <sighs> part of the continent, and they can't even do the basics. Dutch are going to have to start burning their wooden shoes to heat their homes. <laughs> <laughs> that, could, that could be a... That could be a scene. Yeah. Uh, a lot of smoke. That'll bring out the carbon emissions up. They'll yeah. be all upset about that then. Um, I want to turn a little bit to our security establishment. You both played a really significant role in overseeing what is a really amazing intelligence community. I know the FBI has some black eyes with Russia, but there's a lot of talented people there, CIA. But there's this growing feeling that they're intruding on so much of our lives, that they are spying on us. And then when they're not spying on us, now we got a homeland security department that wants to censor us. Uh, Congressman Nunes, you, you jumped ship from Congress because you were so concerned about this issue. You went over and created True Social. Americans really are starting to wonder whether we have the freedoms that we were so certain of for the first 246, aren't they? Yeah, and there's a couple issues, right? So the big tech companies are essentially spying on, on, on everyone, everyone around the globe, especially the big boys. There, and then there's so many of these kind of dark data companies that are very large, and they're taking and they're processing this data. And the problem is, is that they lean left. 
And so if you're a Republican trying to get, we talked you know, earlier about you know, uh, the ability to target the way that these, the Democrats have been able to target where these ballots are. So if they know that somebody has a ballot at their house, they now know through data that they can get from the big data companies on how to go harvest that. How, you know how to harvest that vote. I think that's what we're going to see when we when we get through this. And right. you know, one of the reasons I left to create True Social primarily because you know we're a company that we're not interested. We're not going to steal your data. And so I think in the long run, the building of this new internet superhighway that True Social is doing alongside with Rumble is the right path. But in the meantime, there's a lot of bad things that are happening out there. From the like our big tech companies are one thing. You've got TikTok on the other hand, which is taking all this data and sending it back to China. There's the Republican Congress, the House, really has a lot of work to do here. And, and hopefully we will see them put together some type of commission. Uh, matter of fact, I think Pete Hoekstra would be a good person to chair that commission <laughs> he would. Uh, that, would, that would actually go in and investigate uh, all the things that have happened dating back to Russiagate, the Ukraine impeachment hoax, the Mar-a-Lago raid, the January 6th, all of these things where you've got the FBI and the other intelligence agencies cooperating with the Department of Justice. And final point, cooperating, what we now know, with the big tech companies. Yeah, yeah that censorship <laughs> alliance is becoming scary. Yeah. What do you think about a church committee? Well, I, I think, think that that's go, what's going go to ha have to happen, and I think and I think Pete Hoekstra should run it. <laughs> the um, I love Mr. the chairman. <laughs> yeah, I love the intelligence community. Uh, Devin and I, we know that there are so many uh, good men and women who have committed their lives to keeping America safe and risking their own lives while they're doing it. Yep. Uh, but they've been sold down the road by their by their leadership. Their leadership has become too political. Uh, you know, Devin and I are, we're, you know, we shake in our boots when we see what's happened with the leadership. And Devin was in Congress for part of the time, uh, you know, when this was happening, uh, you know, culminating when 51 former intelligence professionals, professionals say, you know, this Hunter Biden, it's a classic case of disinformation. Yeah. 10 days before the election, uh, and then you take this massive social media, uh, data stream and they say, OK, we're not going to talk about the because it's wrong. Right. Uh, did they impact the election? Absolutely. Did they know what they were doing with political intent? Absolutely. And then you take a look at what some of the people in the intelligence community at the leadership were doing while they were still serving, uh, you know, uh, January, what is it, January of uh, 2017. Right releasing, you know, going and confronting the or informing the president of this damaging information uh, that they had on him. And then somehow it way, makes its way into the New York Times. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And funny thing is, President Obama would have already known the truth because he got briefed in the summer before that it was just a ruse by Hillary Clinton. They warned him in advance yeah. and then they all play into it. Mr. Matson, let me stay with you for a second. What is the solution? How do we rein in the political bad actors that have hijacked what is otherwise a very important system for America? You have to hold some of these people accountable. You need to, you know, uh, a Republican president shouldn't stand for it. A Democrat president shouldn't stand. They should be fired uh, and they should maybe be charged criminally. Uh, and, you know, it, the community has to be significantly reined back in. Uh, I'm going to be testifying in front of the Senate soon, talking about 
what we tried to do with the intelligence reform bill and how right. that has been interpreted in a, in a way that we never envisioned uh, in terms of allowing the community uh, the space to perhaps conduct some of its activities domestically. That is something that, uh, you know, Devin and I would say, no, 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 that's not what they're for. They have a whole different set of rules. Right. And, you know, the, the rules are much looser. We don't want that set of, set of rules applied to American citizens in the United States of America or anywhere. Yeah, that's a really important issue. And it's amazing. Uh, conservatives have become the champions of, of civil liberties in a way that uh, the ACLU owned it in the 60s and 70s. But conservatives are really taking a charge on this. Congressman Nunez, uh, we have a lot of education to do. I don't think a lot of Americans know what the ambassador just said is true, right? That the intelligence committee loosened this up. How do we get people educated when the news media often doesn't want to tell the story now because it's advantageous to Republicans? Well, there's one way and one way only, and that is through some type of commission working with the Republican Congress that has subpoena power. I mean, the subpoenas need to be flying in you know, no later than, than February, uh, if, and that's the only way that, that exposure, exposure is going to be the key. And you know, that's one of the reasons Pete talked about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell, how that was buried right. by big tech. The good thing about today is, is that where we stand today, and will even be better come January, February, between True Social and Rumble, there is no way that they can censor us. Right. So the information will get out there. So you know, remember, if there's another Hunter Biden laptop from hell that comes out, you won't have a situation where the Biden administration working with the intelligence agencies could say, oh my gosh, this is Russian disinformation. I mean, this will be out on places like True Social and on, on Rumble, but it first takes the in the investigations coming from the power, using the power of Congress that the people of, of the United States gave the power, albeit barely, but they did give it to the Republican Party. Yep. And they're going to need to use that. And they're going to have to do it with, I think, very sophisticated people uh, that know what they're doing with, with big staff and real lawyers, uh, people that uh, both Pete and I know that would have to be put together in order to really expose what needs to be exposed today. Yeah, has to rise above politics and get to the truth. Uh, I want to put you both on the spot as we come to a close here. Uh, it's an unfair question. I'll acknowledge at the beginning, but because you guys are so wise, you've been in politics and intelligence for a long time. When Americans walk into the voting booth in 2024, what's that question in their back of their mind they're going to be asking themselves? What is the next two years really going to be about? I'll start with you, Mr. Ambassador. I think... Uh... I think it will be about the future of America. It'll be after four years of, of Biden. Are we really sold on, you know, losing our stature globally? They may not phrase it that way, but they may feel that. Uh, and it's going to be on the economy. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine this economy is going to get better, uh, under this administration. That seems to be decelerating. Congressman Nunes, what do you think? We'll wrap up with you. Yeah. The only thing that I would, that I would add to that is, is that, that, we just don't know at this point how bad things can get. Right. And so the question becomes, it appeared like in this last election that uh, that Democrats voted for Democrats, you know, kind of split down the just split down the typical party lines. Um, independents kind of stayed where they're at. There wasn't a lot of movement. So will people, will the American people wake up to Pete's story about the five dollar, six dollar diesel in Michigan? Right. Will that manifest itself? And I think a big a big question mark will be how bad 
will the economy get? I think we, you know, we've been warned by a lot of people that seem to know a lot about economics that we're headed into a very bad place. How bad can it get? And we, we shall see. Yeah, Amazon even suggested people not buy their Christmas gifts this year to save some money. And that's their core business. So that, that's a big warning sign uh, to think about that. Gentlemen, what an honor to be on stage with both of you guys to have this conversation about the state of America. Uh, wish you well. We're I'm excited back. you behaved yourself. Uh, so far. I Devin and I are not going to have to use some of the contacts <laughs> that we have. Phew, I'm feeling better <laughs> already, guys. Uh, Congressman Nunez, always an honor to be with you. You know that. And uh, thanks for joining us for the conversation. Ambassador Hoekstra is going to stick around. We're going to have a few more conversations before the show is over. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mike. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. Welcome back, everybody. So glad to still be joined by Ambassador Pete Hoekstra. And we're going to bring in one of our good friends, one of my long-term colleagues in the journalism industry, Roger Aronoff. He's the executive director of the Citizens Commission on National Security, our sponsor for tonight's conversation. Roger, good to have you on the show. Thank you, John. Great to be with you and Pete. Yeah. Always an honor. Incredible panel we got today. I want to start off. A lot of people don't know the history of your commission. It really started with Benghazi, right? That's right. We started as the Citizens Commission on Benghazi when I was the editor at Accuracy and Media, and we did it for four years And what I call it like the field of dreams. When we set it up, people started coming to us and telling stories that had not been told. Uh, Admiral Chuck Kubik, others that came forward, and we put the whole thing together as an incredible narrative, and the timing turned out to be 
uh, right the day before or the day after Gowdy announced their final report. Right. And he basically said, we have 800 pages, read it for yourself and come to your own conclusions. Well, we put the narrative together and told the story, and it's all up there, all of our press conferences and all of our website, ccnationalsecurity.org. You'll see a Benghazi tab. And after four years, and we really drilled down on that, we decided it was time to do other subjects as well that affect America's national security. So we ended up forming a brand new 501c3 uh, Citizens Commission on National Security. Pete has been with us except during the time he left to go be the ambassador to the <laughs> Netherlands. But we have uh, Alan West, we have three generals, we have uh, retired generals, we had Admiral Ace Lyons who we lost, who was a dear friend and a great asset to our group, a number of other really great people. Steve Emerson, who works closely with Pete, uh, head of the investigative project on terrorism. And we are taking on these other topics. And, and the reason you need to take these on, because even this many years after Benghazi, we still really don't have the full story of why Benghazi, what happened with weapons transfers, uh, we don't have the full story on what happened with Gaddafi. We know he got killed, right. and we know how he got killed. Uh, but uh, the false narrative that led to what we've now seen in Libya of, of instability for, what, 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, just before the 2012 presidential election, right. two months before it is when that happened. And that was part of the thing, the media's role once again covering for Obama in those last two months and protecting him through that process. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we our first report, we did two, was uh, how America switched sides in the war on terror, and it was how we basically supported al-Qaeda, even though it was against the law, and armed them. And that's what Chris Stevens was doing at first. Yeah. He was there as the envoy delivering arms to them to get rid of Gaddafi, who, as bad as he was, had become someone on our side. He'd given up WMD. Someone, he was doing everything we were asking. Yeah, exactly. And we turned against him. So now we're looking at variety of topics, not just foreign, but like uh, the border. This is certainly a national security issue. The woke military, big tech censorship, all of these things that we're going to tackle in this State of America series that I'm so excited about to be working with you two and doing this. And uh, I think it's uh, we really have a chance to educate the public on a lot of these things between you as the quintessential journalist, incredible Pete with his knowledge of uh, national security issues and intelligence. And I think the chemistry here... It's just fantastic. I'm really excited about it's it. Incredibly exciting for me. When I think of the ambassador, I think of someone who throughout his entire career in Congress always was serious about accountability. Lots of people in this town aren't serious about accountability. Uh, sweep it under the rug. Give <laughs> slap on the rug. Let's go on. Um, there's a moment in the Benghazi story that comes out actually after the Gaudi Commission or committee's done, uh, where an intercept, actually it's a tape recording that Gaddafi's own son made of the Pentagon. The Pentagon approaches Gaddafi's son before they're going to take him out and says, uh, we really don't want to do this operation. Hillary Clinton is pushing this on us. 
And uh, the uh, Pentagon authenticated that we put the whole transcript out and the recordings out for people to listen to. When I was editor of the Washington Times, Hillary Clinton's role in pushing Libya beyond where the rest of the administration even wanted to go, a lot of people haven't fully absorbed that. How do we get that story out there so people understand the miscalculation that when you don't listen to your intelligence community, bad things happen? The, uh, I mean, you, you need to expose it. You need yeah. to tell the story. You know, the whole, I met with Gaddafi three times. Wow. Okay. Uh, and I think it was about 2003, 2004, one of my colleagues came up to me on the House floor and said, hey, Pete, would you like to go with me to meet Gaddafi? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Why would I want to go oh, there? God, yeah. and, not uh, on my bucket list. <laughs> it's not on my bucket list. <laughs> and he said, no, seriously, the Bush administration has gotten you know feelers from the Gaddafi administration Amazing. that says they're willing to come in from the cold. So. Yeah. And so I, I signed on and I went and I had the opportunity to, each one was a unique trip. I bet. Uh, but it's like, uh, we went and Gaddafi did, you know, he, he paid reparations for, for the Pan Am shoot down. Right. Uh, he disavowed his nuclear weapons and turned all of this stuff over and said, I will join you in the fight against Al Qaeda. Yeah. And then Obama and Hillary threw this all out. Because they hated Gaddafi. And then they wanted to, you know, I think the weapons not only were used to get rid of Gaddafi, but more importantly, they went to Syria. Right. Uh, and we, we gave weapons to the people who wanted to overthrow Bashir Assad. Hmm. And who did they become? They became ISIS. ISIS. Yeah. We shipped weapons to ISIS and, you know, Obviously, Hillary and Biden couldn't let that story come out. But that is what I truly believe uh, would happen there. And I think that's where the evidence will take you. But also, I was out of Congress at that time. And when I was pushing that narrative, uh, I got calls from uh, people in Congress saying, don't tell that story. Wow. Pete, you're way wrong. Years later, we find out. It was yeah, true. That was pretty, it was true. It was true. Yeah. But also going across Northern Africa at that time was a push to put the Muslim Brotherhood in That's control right. in Egypt, Tunisia. Yeah. It was, you know, and that, that was, this was part of that. Uh, the, yeah. the strategy of the enemy of my enemy is my friend sometimes works, which is the case it did for a while because Libya really gave us some great counterintelligence on, on, yes. ter intelligence on terrorism. But then when we try to oust them, we, we, we pair with these people that later become ISIS. Uh, it created a whole three, four year era of our own uh, soldiers being attacked by the people we empowered. Um, how do we avoid these mistakes in the future? How do we make sure? I mean, sure this is exactly, I think, what the commission yeah. is working on. Right. To make sure that we expose this stuff as it happens, not four or five years later when we can't hold people who are responsible for that policy accountable. Isn't that, That's isn't right. That Absolutely. Important. And this is a great opportunity with you two and with this platform here that uh, we're so excited about. Yeah. Roger, what are some of the other things that the Citizens Commission are digging in now? What are they investigating? I mean, there's Hunter Biden, so many amazing, that's a target-rich environment. What are you guys digging into? One of the things has been the whole episode with China, which Pete has a book on as well that, uh, you know, did this come out of the Wuhan lab? What role did Fauci have? What are the Chinese doing now making vast inroads in this country in so many areas? That uh, So that is one that we have articles up constantly about that. Uh, we're following the Iran situation. And again, this comes back to Gaddafi. Gaddafi 
saw the light the day after Saddam was caught. Right. And that's when he did it. But uh, And he's, I'm coming clean. You know, with Iran, oh, you can't come inspect here, you can't come inspect there, you got to give us 21 days notice. You know, there's zero transparency with wow. Iran. And, and so to trust the idea that they're, you know, abandoning their dreams of nuclear weapons is absurd. So that's a big one. I mean, we've done a lot on Israel, uh, yeah. and, and the relationship with the U.S. is for national security purposes, and that certainly ties back into the Iran deal. But then again, all these domestic issues, the border, uh, what's being taught in the schools, the energy policies of this administration. I mean, there are so many things that really are changing the whole character of this country that are... We're, we're very concerned about, and so we've come together to try to warn the public and call attention to it and dig into it, and that's what we've been doing. We're going to be lucky in the next segment because we're going to be talking to James Comer a little bit about what he found out about China and Wuhan and how taxpayer money was used to be paid as hush money to keep the story of COVID origins quiet for two years until it eventually burst out. But before we get to that, I want to ask about, you mentioned the Middle East, and Mr. Ambassador, one of the things that I think Americans are still grasping is how significant the Abraham Accords were in terms of changing the dynamic, really globally. Uh, you were an ambassador at the moment that was going on. What does the next 10 years look like, and how different is it because of those accords? It would have been significantly more different if we'd had a few more years. Yeah. It, would have, it would not be four countries. Right. It would be eight or ten. That's funded, I mean, you know, people that were, you know, theoretically at each other's throats yep. for since what? Uh, since 48, 49. Right. Now saying, hey, we're going to sign economic agreements. We're going to mm -hmm. come together uh, and we're going to develop the Middle East. Uh, and it, it fundamentally shifted the dynamic. I heard the president talk about that on Sunday night. Yeah. Uh, and saying, you know, nobody said we could do it. They said you had to create the Palestinian state before you could bring fundamental change. The president, President Trump, had a took those blinders off and said, yeah, I'm a business guy. I'm gonna, I, I think there might be a business angle to this. Yeah. And he developed and he nurtured it uh, and fundamentally changed. Uh, and you can see that it's a fundamental change because the Biden administration, they, they haven't wiped the slate clean. Oh. They're, 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 em, they're not embracing it. They're not expanding it, but they're not rolling it back. Yeah, they know yeah. they can't go there. No. It would do make things worse. Yeah. We have about 30 seconds left, Roger. I want to ask this question. Okay. Uh, so many times you see something happen and the, the public story is one narrative and then you dig in later and you find out it was a completely different. Don't, don't believe what you were told. Uh, the next few years, I think we're going to learn a lot about the Biden administration that we didn't learn in the first two years. What's your expectation for Congress and what you're doing to maybe get some of these stories out? Well, this becomes another national security issue, which is our media, Yeah, you know, and, and how they treat stories like Hunter Biden's laptop, and they ignore it for two years, and, and just this week we're seeing finally, oh, the vaccine has caused an excessive amount of myocarditis, you know, yeah. and people have been saying that and being blacklisted censored. and censored yeah. for saying that, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's okay to say it. Yeah. And, and so... We're going to be 
try to be the truth tellers and 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 you know these alternative forms of media that that you have here with uh with real America's voice and just the news they're fantastic they're necessary and hopefully they won't get shut down I know one thing. I'm pretty excited about yeah. having a lot more of these conversations. The American public benefit. And you know the fun part? We're having a conversation. We're not preaching at people. We're just talking. And through that conversation, right. I think we get a chance to inform the American and, public. Uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Ambassador Hoekstra is going to stick around. We're going to have a few more conversations before the show is over. But first, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome back, everyone, for the commercial break. Mr. Ambassador, good to have you here. Uh, one of the issues that is dominating the state of America is the future of elections. Are we going to be living in an all uh, ballot, uh, early ballot uh, world. Are we going to learn how to play that game? Are we going to rein it back as some people want? Uh, we're going to bring in an expert in a second, but I just want to get your thoughts after two consecutive elections of a lot of controversy, where the country sits on that. All I can tell you is that after watching the results in the state of Michigan, whatever the rules are, the Republican Party better start using those rules the same way that the Democrats have. Now, where are we? I think there are a lot of us believe uh, that there is massive room for fraud in some of the rules that have been put in place. Sure. Well, I remember a long time ago, Ronald Reagan said, I'm a principled man, but I'll never unilaterally disarm. And I think that's one of the, I think the Republicans are going to have to uh, come to grips with how the world has changed. Uh, joining us right now, we're very lucky to have one of the all-time great experts in the election space. He's a former Justice Department prosecutor in the Voting Rights uh, Division, and he currently runs the Public Interest Legal Foundation. He is Jay Christian Adam, and he's joining us right now, Mr. Ambassador. Christian, good to have you on the show. Hey, guys. How are you? All right, so you heard what the ambassador just said. Whatever the rules are in Michigan, we got to learn them and win by them. Your thoughts about the lessons of the 2022 election? Right. Uh, imagine if you gave uh, 10 possessions, which is early voting, right? You have someone to vote, and you gave the Lions one possession. That's the way the Republicans have been playing this. They've been worrying about Election Day and complaining about early voting. And that's why the Democrats are winning in places with early voting and vote by mail, because the Democrats know how to get their base, their voters to participate in this new, bold, ridiculously bad uh, new system of voting. I mean, Nevada had the worst system of all 
which is universal vote by mail, auto mail with bad voter rolls. So uh, it's not the way to run an election. But tell me what state's going to change it. What state is going to repeal these uh, new ways of voting that people seem to like? Yeah, I think it's going to be very hard. I mean, <clears throat> in Michigan, we had this voter initiative where we actually have now enshrined many of these rules, not into the law, but into our Constitution. I don't know if you're familiar with what the, what they've done in that proposition, but uh, it will be, you know, we'll have to do another proposition uh, to change the Constitution one more time if we want to actually change the new rules. And that's right, Ambassador. It passed in Michigan. Uh, similar things passed in Connecticut, where you expanded early voting. Uh, passed in Nevada to change the system there for, for voting. Arizona, they passed uh, restrictions on things like voter ID. So this is a this is a new development in this election where, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about early voting. A lot of people like voter ID. But when it actually went on the ballot, it lost and it won. The bad stuff won. Uh, the good stuff lost. And so uh, you're right. In Michigan, you know, you've got a lot of problems there. We're currently suing the state of Michigan over 25,000 dead active registrants on the voter rolls that Jocelyn Benson won't remove. Uh, that's why we sued Delaware. and We got vote by mail struck down there as unconstitutional. But the problem is there aren't many places, legislatures in Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, they're going to change these rules. We're stuck with them for the presidential. Yeah, such a big issue to, for the Republicans to absorb. People are still talking, well, we've got to go back to paper ballots. But that train has left the station. I don't think it's coming back anytime soon. In an era where that's going to become the reality. Now, back in 2005, I think President Carter and um, James Baker put together recommendations for this sort of futuristic voting, which is now the present voting. What are some of the best practices, uh, Christian, that we can adopt that maybe are missing in these states right now? Yeah, great question. Georgia voter ID for absentee ballots, a great idea. Make sure the person casting the ballot has the unique identifier number, like a key to unlock their right to cast that early ballot. Uh, Republicans have got to respond. They got to do cure campaigns. You talk to Republicans before this election, they thought cure was a band from the 1980s. It's not. It's what you do when you chase ballots with defects. And so uh, we've got to make a lot of changes. Another best practice, don't auto mail. Don't auto mail like Nevada does. They just send out ballots to their entire doggone list. And we know the lists are bad because I've gone to the abandoned mines, the head shops, the liquor stores, the vacant lots personally and videoed them uh, where no registered voter lives. So you can't auto mail when you go to mail. That's exactly right. I mean, I think the other thing that you're pointing out in which we saw in Michigan is Republicans got to be on the offensive and be thinking four, six, eight years out. You know, in Michigan, we lost the state house. We lost the state Senate. Uh, the reason was because in 2020, uh, we passed a redistricting commission. We moved it out of the hands of the legislature, moved it into, quote unquote, a bipartisan commission. Uh, in reality, that's not what we got. We got a very partisan redistricting commission uh, on the, you know, from the left. And the result is Republicans didn't take that initiative seriously to defeat it in 2020 and leave the function where it should have been in the state legislature. That's exactly right, Ambassador. There's, there is, I, I like to say there is no such thing as an independent redistricting commission. The people who staff these 
commissions yeah. are the same lunatics I worked with at the voting section at the Department of Justice. They just have a deeper stable of professional militant technocrats who can draw districts that put the screws to the Republicans in Michigan. And there is no such thing as an independent redistricting commission. It's always partisan. It always be uh, power should lie with the legislators who are closest to the people when drawing lines. And I don't care if it's a a, a, a state house drawn like Maryland or New York or Connecticut versus South Carolina or Texas. Go win elections if you want to draw the maps. Yeah, that's it. Exactly right. And that's what we learned in, in some of this litigation. New York's a good example. When the courts got involved, Republicans actually picked up some congressional seats. Um, Kristen, I want to ask about something that a lot of people have probably forgotten about, except if you lived in the state of Georgia. Numerous corporations, the Major League Baseball, all pulled out of Georgia saying, we have Jim Crow 2.0 because of a voter ID law. Now, first off, polling shows voter ID was 80% popular, but this past election just showed what happens. You create voter ID, you had record turnout in Georgia. Do those companies, do the Major League Baseball owe Georgia uh, an apology? Well, they do, but they won't give one because they're all woke. Uh, Coke is woke. And they, you know, they, they, they left uh, Georgia for the All-Star game because uh, the law required you to put your unique identifier, which we talked about earlier in this segment. That was the Jim Crow. And what's ironic is the turnout has gone up among black voters, white voters, all voters in Georgia, since this alleged suppressive law was passed, more people are participating. So it shows you corporations are in the tank uh, uh, for the left, like they are on so many other issues, they are on voting also. Let me bring up one other example. You know, we've got the legal framework in terms of <clears throat> how elections are conducted and how they're run. 10 days before the election in uh, 2020, Hunter Biden's laptop comes out, 51 former, quote, intelligence experts come out and say, oh, classic Russian disinformation. Uh, it's not, nothing's true. How do you describe that in terms of election integrity? Well, that's part of the broader propaganda effort of the corporate slash left wing media. That's that's part. It's like Twitter uh, for the last couple of years, you know, trying to shape the narrative uh, like good old fashioned propagandists uh, did all throughout history and to, to try to use lies to get people to believe certain things. It's no different than all of those early antecedent instances of propagandists uh, shaping the narrative through falsehoods. So how do Republicans overcome the, uh, the lack of their ability to get the information out and for you know, Twitter and these other organizations to actually control the narrative, which in this case turned out to be pure propaganda? Good news. Uh, compared to the Bush era, right, uh, we have learned to fight and we have learned to delegitimize the media and call them out for what they are. And that's activist partisans. You know, when I worked at the Bush Justice Department and there was an attack on Bush or on on Mike Mukasey, the institutional reaction was don't respond. It'll just prolong the story. And that gave birth to the progressive blogosphere that then became a story in the New York Times 
And it just it never went away if you don't fight back. And, and they took it seriously when they were attacked in The New York Times and begged for forgiveness. It's been a total sea change, Ambassador Hoax, which I know you see between that approach to the left wing bias media in 2020 versus what it was 20 years ago. And I think that's the first step is to not take them seriously, to fight back, to delegitimize them. I mean, Andrew Breitbart, uh, uh, he deserves a prize from the conservative movement for starting this process. Twelve years after <clears throat> Andrew came on the scene, I think most everybody is willing to say that the New York Times is a joke. But back in uh, in Congress, especially, I, I bet you John Boehner didn't do that. Maybe when you were there, uh, there was somebody in leadership delegitimizing, but I can't remember who. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I gave um, Andrew Breitbart his first column. And I remember I was the editor of the Washington Times. He came to me and said, John, I don't write, but I want to write a column. What do you think about that? I'm like, sounds like a good idea to me. Just start talking and we'll take notes. And that's how big Hollywood, the column, was given its, uh, its birth. Wow. What an amazing guy he was. What an amazing two gentlemen to be talking with on such an important conversation. Uh, Christian, thanks so much. You're fighting on the front lines of a very important issue for the future of our country. And, of course, the ambassador has so much wisdom. <laughs> we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our special brought to us by the Citizens Commission on National Security. We'll be right back after these messages. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, folks, uh, welcome back from the commercial break. Mr. Ambassador, it's hard to believe the hour passed so quickly. A lot of great conversation. Um, you've been in this town a long time. You've been at the heart of government a long time. What were some takeaways that you had from these conversations today? America's kind of at a turning point. This is a critical time for the future of America. Uh, I'm thrilled with some of the leadership that we have uh, to help guide that. I'm not as thrilled with some of the other leadership that we have. But you know, now's the time to have the debate. Now's the time to focus on this. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to inform the American people yep. of the challenges and the threats that are out there. Uh, you know, and, you know, the other thing that I always learned, I was always a grassroots guy. It's all about the grassroots. It is. What we'd love to hear from the folks that have tuned in and have watched today, who've listened to this show, um, where do you want us to go next? How, how did you like this? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, and so we can make this better each and every time because this is going to be a, a recurring program. 
Well, that's one of the great things about uh, the Citizens Committee on National Security. It really grew out of the grassroots. People weren't satisfied with the storylines they got in Benghazi, and they came forward and, and they powered an investigation that you helped break a lot of news. You and Roger actually really illuminated things that Congress and the Justice Department missed. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really fun. And I have an idea, folks. What we're going to do for the next state of America is I'm going to just have you send me ideas. You know where I am on social media. Jay Solomon reports on Twitter, Facebook, Truth. Getter, Parler, I probably missed one. But hit us on all of those, and, and the ambassador and I will collate them. We'll pick some of the more exciting topics, and we'll have another one of these conversations in a few short weeks. Um, we're going to be heading into the holiday season. Things will show down for a little bit. January 3rd comes around. Uh, there's a whole new sheriff in town in the House Republican side. What do you think will be the first two or three big moments of the new Congress? The, ele the election of a new speaker. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi's been along, around a long time. Yeah. What, is, what does she decide to do? Uh, and then what, does, uh, what do the Republicans do on the first day? I think they defund the 85,000 new IRS agents, uh, people that will never have been hired. It's a big statement if they do that. Early, I think they it? will. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a big statement. Uh, and I think McCarthy needs to do some of those messaging things that says, yeah, there is a new sheriff in town. There is a Republican majority in the House, uh, and I think the other thing that you'll probably see, uh, they got to do something on the border. Yeah, uh, people are crying for they that. Make, they make something specific for the American people, which is the IRS, uh, and then a specific national security issue where they can make a statement, and the president uh, maybe doesn't want to, but they can force a compromise, and that's the border, because that's something we see every day and we feel in our communities every yeah, day. Yeah, we do. Every community's become a border community now with yeah. fentanyl and the crime and the migrants and all. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, I can't tell you what an honor it has been to share uh, the conversation with you here today. A big thanks to the Citizens Commission on National Security for all they've done to make this possible. We're going to do this as regular. I'm kind of excited about the future of this program. I am, too. It's a great start. Thank you. You have a good holiday season, folks. We'll be back after the holidays with a whole brand new discussion, and you get a chance to decide. So get on social media, tell us what you're thinking, and we'll craft that next show. Until then, God bless you, and God bless this incredible country that is the United States, as he always has. Good night. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems 
quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash Victor, taxnetworkusa.com slash Victor.